Hey, y'all. Glad you're back with me on my Keep It Real Parenting podcast. Well, we've made it through another week of our new normal, whatever that means. Hang in there, you guys. Just keep parenting, teaching, cooking, cleaning, sleeping, eating, etc., etc., repeat. Moving forward is our only option. I've been so encouraged by so many of you guys who've listened and have shared your thoughts with me through Facebook messages, texts, voicemails, and emails, telling me some specific ways that episode one really helped you or gave you a wake-up call. Um, It's been really fun to reconnect with so many of you through this process, and I really look forward to meeting many new friends because of the podcast. So, like I said before, I'm just a normal mom, and I certainly have never done a podcast before. I couldn't wait to have some of my friends and family join me as soon as I could figure out how to do it on the app. So I think I've figured out how to call up a girlfriend so she can add her two cents and give y'all some tips that work for her. So let's do this. I'm going to call her and have her join the conversation. I sure hope this works. Hey, Robin. Hey. You're on my episode two of my podcast. Thank you so much for calling because I've been dying to get friends and family on here with me. I didn't know how to do it, but I finally figured it out. So welcome to episode two. I wanted to um, tell everybody, this is my friend Robin from Kansas City, and we met in college. We were Katie's together at Oklahoma State University, and it's been many, many years ago. We're not going to say how many, right, Robin? <laughs> yeah, let's do Okay, so Robin, um, like I said, she lives in Kansas City, and she has four awesome semi-grown kids and um, has a house full, just like the rest of us in this pandemic. And um, Robin, I just want to call and ask you, I'm doing, first of all, I'm doing this episode on instilling pride in your children like the good kind of pride and self-respect and Mm -hmm. respect for others and we're really talking this week about respect and so I know you've done a great job of teaching your children to be respectful but is there any time you could think of that maybe stands out in your mind when you had the opportunity to teach your your kids about respecting others maybe a teacher or someone in authority over them can you think of something Yeah, sure. I, yeah, I can think of lots of examples. Um, One that kind of stands out to me is, um, so yeah, like Melinda said, I have four kids, my two older are boys and my two younger are girls. And when they were, um, when I had three kids, so they would have been six, four, two, and then I was pregnant. Um, My four-year-old Luke, um, we were enrolled in a little gymnastics class. And of course I used to drag everybody to these classes. And for whatever reason, Luke decided for about two or three weeks in a row, he was absolutely not going to do what coach Kino was asking him to do and would just refuse and was just a nightmare. And so we had a little newsletter with coach Kino's picture on it. And I cut his picture out and put it on our refrigerator down low so everybody can see it. And I, told him and the other kids, Luke is going to apologize to coach Kino the next time we go to class and you were ugly, you were disrespectful and we're going to apologize because he's, he is our coach and we're supposed to do what our coach says. So the next week he marched up there with me and said, I'm sorry, coach key. (laughs) (laughs) 
and um, and I left that picture of him on the refrigerator for like you know the next two months so there was like this reminder all the time of you have to be respectful because you know you've got to instill that in them early because someday they're going to be you know a jerky teenager or a young adult who's going to have a boss or a coach or a teacher they don't like so um, anyway it's just kind of a funny example that my kids still you know remember <laughs> to this day of that picture of their gymnastics coach I love it. And, you know, I think that's a a good thing to remember, too, because they are so little, their concept of time. So for you as a mom to tell Luke, hey, you're going to apologize to him next week. What is next week? You know, he's four. Mm -hmm. So you put that picture up on the refrigerator to remind him every day without you even saying it. He knew every time he saw that picture. And it was almost like he had to face the coach every day. Right. And building up to that time when he had to apologize. So I think that that was an awesome job, mom. Well, thank you. He's, he's 20 years old now and living at home and pretty unhappy, but <laughs> you know, we'll get through it. Well, yes, but tell everybody he doesn't live at home normally. Tell him what he does. Right. Well, he's a sophomore at the university of Kansas and he's used to living with all of his friends in the fraternity house. And now he's home with the pandemic and with all of his siblings and his mother telling him what to do. So yeah. He's about done (laughs) with all of us. Well, and I'm just going to add, because I can brag, um, he is on full scholarship. That's right. Or just about full scholarship, right, to KU? Yeah, he has a um, pretty much a full ride in engineering school. So, yeah, he's a smarty. I'm proud of him. Well, good. And if you don't, if you have, do you have another minute? Yeah, sure. Okay. Can you share with everybody, because Robin told me this, and she actually sent me a picture of, the schedule that he came up with now, he's 20 years old. So I just thought this was awesome. And you can paraphrase it, Robin, and condense it, however, but just get the general gist of that. That was really, you know, I thought him taking the initiative to be responsible. Right. He, when this whole thing first started and he was back living at home, I was up in his room. He'd been home for like three or four days. And um, I saw up on his wall, there's a handwritten schedule of, you know, hour by hour of what he was going to be doing with his, his day. So it said from eight to nine, wake up, breakfast, 10 to 11, you know, study 11 to 12 lunch. He just had the whole day planned out and he put stay off your phone, like exclamation, exclamation point. So he, you know, I think it's important for kids to try to to have somewhat of a schedule during this time. And he, I mean, he certainly has, it hasn't been perfect, but I mean, he's definitely making an effort as all of my kids are to try to get up and, you know, not lay around all day. I liked it that um, one of his self-imposed restrictions was that um, be off of his phone. I think it was by midnight and go to bed. Like, and don't be just binging Netflix or, Mm-hmm. scrolling through social media till three in the morning. And right. I just thought, and I mean, you guys, he even had slots on there for him to read. I think his new year's resolution was to read more books. So yeah, it sure was. So I think it's great. Like I said, in episode one, encourage your older children to make their own schedule, make their own plan, but have them show it to you and, um, you know, have them get up and get moving and exercise and, and get a get a good night's sleep too, at least Monday through Friday. On the weekend, you know, whatever. Right. But at least Monday through Friday. So 
Well, Robin, thank you so much. And um, I can't wait for you to be on another episode. Goodness, we talk every day. We could probably fill up five years worth of episodes, couldn't we? (laughs) Absolutely. Well, thanks so much. And I look forward to the next time. Okay, bye. Bye. Wasn't Robin great, y'all? I tell you, she has really been my rock throughout our adult lives, for sure. And we have shared so many heartaches, heartbreaks, some single parenting trials, a whole lot of laughs, and about as many tears. You guys heard her. She is really creative. She's sharp. I just love her to death. And we have always been really honest with each other and just real, you know, that kind of friend that you want to have that doesn't just tell you what you want to hear. So that's how I want to be with y'all too. No fluff, just real stuff. So in case you didn't get a chance to listen to episode one yet, the gist of what we talked about was how important it is to have a plan, especially during the pandemic, how you've got to have organization, some sort of a schedule for Monday through Friday anyway, and consequences if the rules or the plans not followed. Even if you don't have a plan as of today, or you aren't really a planner type person, or consider yourself to be organized, you must, in the least, make steps to start a bare bones plan of some sort. Don't forget the six magic words we talked about in episode one. Get dressed and make your bed. And remember, if you fail to plan, you are planning to fail. Check out episode one for more on making a plan. Okay, so let's move on to talk about instilling pride in your kiddos. There is so much to say about pride. You guys, I decided to break it up over several episodes. So we covered planning last week for the P in pride. I mean, planning. So let's look at the letter R in pride. R could represent many different words or qualities, but for me, this one is huge. And it really can't be anything but the word respect. When you talk about an all-encompassing word that really permeates all areas of life, for me, it would be respect. Just think about it. Think about almost any situation or person or attitude or rule. And I bet the concept of having respect for yourself or for others or for authority would come into play. Teaching and expecting your kids to be respectful will serve them very well in life. No one likes to be around a mouthy, disrespectful, back-talking, fit-throwing young child, teenager, or young adult. Being respectful will keep your kids out of a lot of trouble and will actually increase the number of friends they have and the sleepovers they get invited to and maybe some fun vacations they get to go on with other families. Every kid asks their parents to have a friend spend the night or go to the lake with them or whatever. Who do parents want along for the ride? Respectful young people who listen, who help out, who are just fun to have around. When your kids are invited to go spend the night somewhere, stop them on the way out the door or before they get out of the car and just remind them that while they're at their friend's family's house to look around, pick up empty pizza boxes, help clear the table, offer to take out the trash, remind them to take their shoes off outside the door and set them neatly to the side and not just kicked off in the middle of the walkway. Keep their clothes neatly in their bag and not thrown all over the bedroom floor. For sure, say yes, ma'am, and yes, sir, to the parents. But manners is a whole nother episode we'll get to before long. 
But really, just take a minute and have a conversation reminding your child of specific things they can do to show respect and get invited back. My boys saw the rewards of using their manners and having respect at very early ages because they were asked to go and do many fun things with friends and were complimented along the way by other parents. Let me give you a good example of how all-encompassing the idea of respect is. So when I was a middle school and high school teacher, on the first day of school, I'd do the normal introductions, you know, myself and call the roll, make the seating charts, blah, blah, blah. Then I would ask the students to take out a piece of paper to make the class rules. And I would tell them, you guys, this is our classroom. We need to write our rules. And you can also do this at home with your house rules. Um, I told them to each come up with about five rules individually. Then I would ask the class for their suggestions. You would be amazed at how many rules these kids come up with when they get to be the one making the rules, especially middle schoolers. They are ruthless when it comes to thinking up rules and punishments for their classmates. They cannot wait to throw someone else under the bus. So I would hear rules like don't talk when the teacher's talking or don't touch other people's backpacks or stuff or don't write on desks or no copying off someone else's paper, etc. After I wrote about 10 rules on the board and we admired our list of class rules, I would suggest to them that we not call them rules, but we change the way we think about it and call them get-tos. We get to do this or we get to do that. It really put a positive spin on things. Kids really love to feel like they have a voice, have some control over situations, and that you value their opinions and aren't just always telling them what they can't do. So instead of telling them, you can't do this or that, you just change the wording, which curbs their automatic defense against rules to, oh, I get to do this or that. So then after we got our rules on the board, I would go on to say, you know what? In fact, we're just going to have one get-to. That's it. Our one classroom get-to was we will have respect for our classroom and each other. So then I went down the list of their rules they had come up with, and I asked how our one get-to would apply to their specific do-not rules. If everyone in my classroom, including me, respected each other, then no one will talk when they aren't supposed to, no one will bother their classmates' backpacks, no one will write on the desk because they respect school property, and no one will make fun of someone's answer or their clothing. No one will talk back to the teacher. Do you see what I mean? Respect. That one word covers everything. You talk about some happy teenagers, one, get to, instead of ten or more rules, And, you guys, the onus was really on them. It was their room, and they wanted it to be a great environment. They would police themselves. And I would hear them remind one another with one look and one word, but you know what that was, respect. It was so fun to watch them take pride in their classroom and themselves. You can have get-tos at your home, too, especially during the quarantine when we are all living so close together And, you know, we're all looking for ways to put a fun twist on normal. So how about you sit down with your kids of all ages, have them write rules, then you pull out the one get-to and talk about respect and how it applies to every situation and is so important. Then you can remind your children 
Hey, are you respecting your sister or brother right now? Are you respecting the clothes you've been given by throwing them on the floor? Are you respectful of our home when you leave your toys or dirty dishes all over the house or in the sink? Ooh, that's a huge pet peeve of mine, y'all. Dishes left in the sink when the dishwasher is literally a few inches away. Like, is it that hard to take five seconds and actually load them in the dishwasher? But anyway, um, that's just a general idea. If you have the discussion about respect and then you can apply that to really every situation in the home. Um, I found a few Bible verses about respecting yourself and others that I wanted to share with you guys. In Matthew 7, 12, it says, In everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you, for this is the law and the prophets. I also found in Romans chapter 12, verse 10, it says, Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. One more that I really like is found in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. So as we think about the word respect, we think about how we need to respect God. We need to respect our parents, authority, each other. We need to respect the earthly possessions that we've been blessed with. We need to respect other people's things. I mean, the list could go on and on. But in your home and with your children, remind them that being respectful means doing things out of respect for each other and your home as well. The kids should really keep their personal space and toy or rec room clean. They should be careful with like their game system, not be rough with the controllers or mistreat their phones or tablets. Um, They should really have their heads on a swivel. And what I mean by that is they should constantly be looking around for opportunities to help and do things to show respect for their parents and siblings. They can respect their bathroom, keep it clean. Wet towels, for example, they're to be hung up and not left on the floor. You can teach your toddlers to do this, you guys. If you'll just hang like a little hook on the wall in the bathroom that they can reach or just let them hang it on the doorknob, just have them hang it up somewhere. Um, The little and big humans in the house get to eat at the table or in the kitchen, so we respect the living room furniture, the rugs, the bedspreads, and blankets by not taking food to the bedroom or living room couch. Now, I mean, I know there's some exceptions to that. We're all watching Netflix and movies together, so I know you have to have popcorn um, while watching a movie. That's not what I mean. I mean, you know, habitually, like being respectful of the home furnishings that God has given you, keeping mealtime mostly at the table. So... I think your teenagers that are home, your college kids that are home right now, have plenty of time to get outside, clean out their cars on the inside, and vacuum them out, wash and wax their cars and yours really well before the heat of summer hits. Um, Maybe have them power wash the house and decks, wash some windows, spread some mulch, mow the yard. Um, You know, if your college kids are like mine, they can eat a lot, use a lot of dish and laundry soap a ton of toilet paper. Um, I joke a lot and tell people that my grown boys are really no different than they were as infants. What do they do? Eat, sleep, poop, repeat. No, but seriously, my boys do chip in and take some of the responsibility off me. I love it that um, my boys have been blessed with height because, for example, they can stand like flat-footed and reach the ceiling fan blades without a dust cloth. 
And that sure beats me trying to balance on a chair to do it myself. Um, Another important part of respect is self-respect. I always stress to my boys and my students that in the end, all that really matters is your word and your name. Everyone gets one name in life, and your name is so important. How do you want people to respond when they hear your name or your kid's name? Help your children to realize every assignment they have, every quiz, test, an application they fill out, an email, a text, or a post has their name on it. Do they want to sign their one and only name to a messy homework assignment? Do they want their name associated with a poor grade on a test? Do they want to have their name tarnished by a questionable selfie they post or a harsh comment they make on social media? One activity I could suggest that you might do is um, to ask your middle school age and older kids would probably be appropriate um, to sit down and write out how they want to be remembered. I did this every year with my students. Um, I would ask them what mark do they want to leave on this world and really have them write it out and think about it. And what it does, it gets them thinking about the fact that what they do today will determine how their name is remembered. It's really up to them alone. And we should all respect ourselves and strive to be the best we can be with what we've been given. So that's a great exercise you might try. Another part of self-respect is really as simple as personal hygiene. As a teacher, I saw so many middle school age kids get teased because of their body odor or because their hair was greasy. And no, that's not nice, but you guys, it's the way it goes in middle school. It is. I mean, that's just the age. That's what they do. They tease each other, even younger than that. So what I would do is I would keep an aerosol spray can of deodorant in my classroom in case someone forgot to put theirs on or had BO after PE class or whatever. But I would tell the students from day one, you know, really, it's your responsibility now to do your best to be clean, to wash your hair, to not have bad breath, not to make themselves a target for teasing. It's not up to the parents. It's the kid's responsibility to make sure they have pride in themselves and that they are clean. And really, by the time your kids are in third or fourth grade, they should be handling their bathing, washing hair, brushing teeth on their own without being harped on about it. I'm not saying you won't have to remind them, hey, go take a shower or whatever, but really, they need to own that. In fact, having good hygiene in my opinion, should be a part of your rules or get-tos, whatever you call them. And there should be a consequence if they don't take care of themselves. Make it a part of your daily schedule you've created for your family. But really, right now, we all have a super unique opportunity to teach our kids some great life lessons. We need to respect our children and their feelings in their space, too. Being respectful to each other almost always includes admitting when we are wrong and apologizing and asking for forgiveness. So moms and dads, don't hesitate to show grace to your kids and each other. Be quick to apologize and tell them you love them. Show your respect and love for them through your actions too. Be slow to anger and quick to forgive. They will mirror your example. So that's pretty much it for episode two. I could go on and on, but I just want to thank you all so much for sharing this time with me. I would love to hear from y'all. Please message me on Facebook or Instagram on my Keep It Real Parenting pages, or you can feel free to email me at catchhisvibes at gmail.com. 
That's C-A-T-C-H-H-I-S-V-I-B-E-S at gmail.com. I would love to share some of your tips and stories as well. I would be happy to answer any of your questions you might have, or I'll just be a listening ear for you. So remember, everyone, let's keep it real and just keep parenting. See y'all.